Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View. I hope you're having a great day. And uh, as you know, this is the place where we celebrate the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live work and play. And and we celebrate Mississippi, which is really what this show is about today. Um, My friend, singer-songwriter Steve Azar, uh, who, as you know, is the music and cultural ambassador for for Mississippi and also the host of In a Mississippi Minute here on Super Talk, often says of the hundreds of songs that he has written that that once he immerses himself in a song about Mississippi, the song writes itself. So he definitely would agree with this quote, the earth has music for those who listen. Uh, there are probably only a few Mississippians who would have to have that quote explained to them. It's, it's, that's a William Shakespeare uh, quote, by the way. But like Steve Azar, we have a strong appreciation for our tradition in Mississippi of enjoying the outdoors. And so to paraphrase William Shakespeare with a little bit of flair Steve Azar in it, uh, the outdoors in Mississippi has music for those who listen. It almost literally writes itself. And and let me tell you this, I, I know this deep in my heart, that Mississippi's vast natural resources has music for us to listen to. The outdoors in this incredible state are among the most enjoyable and breathtaking on earth. Uh, there's something exhilarating, actually, about immersing yourself in the outdoors. Uh, you can literally feel your blood pressure drop. You, you can feel your mind begin to get more creative. And your family and friends, they seem closer. But to take a deep breath in coastal Mississippi salt air, for example, or the Chris Mountain Air, Woodall Mountain up in northeast Mississippi, or any point in between, and you're going to experience what John Muir described this way. Nature's peace will flow into you as sunshine flows into trees. Enjoying the outdoors is a big part of Mississippi's heritage. It's been part of our DNA in the state for as far back as our, our history goes. Hunting and fishing. And in just simply soaking up the, the, the endless number of other outdoor activities that are available to us in this great state. It's one of the things that transcends political beliefs, actually. Instead of tearing us apart, which is often the case here in the state, or in the, these days, um, outdoor recreation actually brings us together. It, it best defines us as a state. It's the magnet that keeps us here, and it's what attracts our visitors here. And it creates jobs. And it provides significant economic support for the state. And I should add, economic support for many, many wonderful cities and towns that create in Mississippi that incredible one-of-a-kind sense of place. In short, the outdoors in Mississippi is our most important asset. Right here in coastal Mississippi, for example, we have some of the best backwater and offshore fishing in the country. I know. I spent my life on the water here. And now my kids and their kids can't get enough of it. And up at our place in the Mississippi Delta that I talk about on this show all the time, we get another dose of Mississippi's diverse outdoor experience. The alluvian soil, the Delta floodplains is rich and fertile. There exists there some of the most beautiful sites in the world, from the rows of uh, blooming cotton to the hardwood bottoms that have all those white-tailed deer, squirrels, and ducks. They all thrive there. When you fully experience Mississippi's outdoors, what you gain is a deep appreciation for farming and hunting, 
economies in this state. Farmers and hunters, they, they peacefully coexist in sort of beneficial, mutually beneficial ways and actually often work together to enhance the wildlife habitat. Both are extensive economic engines that drive the, drive the state. Farming is our state's largest industry with $7.45 billion. Think about that. I don't know if you knew that or not. And outdoors recreation consumer spending is $8 billion. I should also add that in Mississippi, uh, when you think about the outdoors, it's, a, it's an incredible solution to what some call nature deficit disorder. And what this is, is that condition that our kids get when they spend too much time on, on electronic devices. As a result, the outdoors is a great solution for, for doing things like battling childhood obesity or depression. In short, a family that enjoys the outdoors together stays together. They're also he healthier. I could go on and on about our beloved outdoors here in Mississippi. Uh, with all this in mind, there's a new powerful org organization, a coalition of organizations that has emerged in this state. It's called the Mississippi Outdoor Stewardship Coalition, and it's composed of these organizations, the Delta Council, Delta Wildlife, Ducks Unlimited, Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife Fisheries and Park, the Nature Conservancy, and Wildlife Mississippi. The coalition has incredible focus on increasing the investments in the state around outdoor recreation. And they've already gotten bipartisan support in this uh, state in their efforts so far. Uh, so like I said, you know, the, the outdoors transcends politics. We'll talk a lot more about the specific bill that, that, that has passed the House and the overwhelming bipartisan support there. But uh, before we do that, I want to introduce our guest today. The first is uh, Ed Penny. He's a director of public policy for Ducks Unlimited in the Southern region. He's based in Jackson and covers state and federal policy on issues from New Mexico to Virginia. And, the, uh, and our other guest is Alex Littlejohn. He's Mississippi State Director of the Nature Conservancy. Uh, good morning, Ed and Alex. Appreciate you joining me this morning. Great to be here. Thank you. Happy to be here. So you're both Mississippi boys, <clears throat> Mississippi State graduates, I might ask, might add. Uh, you both have a deep love of, uh, of the outdoors, and you've actually dedicated your careers to making Mississippi among the best on earth. So before we even go any further, let me just thank you for, for doing that. Um, we're going to talk about the incredible success that you've had so far with, with House Bill 1231. And we're going to, you know, while this is a, somewhat about that, this show is really about the importance of, of outdoors in Mississippi and why it's important for us to invest in it. Um, you, this, this bill, incidentally, is going to create what is called the Mississippi Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund. And what it's going to do is ultimately, through, through direct uh, state funds and matching funds, it's going to create and strengthen our investment in recreational activities here in coastal Mississippi, mean, in Mississippi. But first, Ed, let me, let me turn to you. You heard my opening. What, what does, uh, what, how did, did that hit home to you? It did. And, and I've been thinking about how best to, to answer that question. And to me, what you've described, Mississippi's outdoors, how we take care of it, how we're called to do it. What we're talking about today is a calling uh, for me in particular. Conservation is a calling that came from my background uh, in Mississippi. My father's a Presbyterian minister, so it's it is it's something that I feel deeply. It's a faith-based calling, but you know, all of all of that being said, that calling came about because of my experiences outside. Um, my father took me hunting. He took me fishing. 
You let me spend time outdoors with him and with other people, not just him. And, and I learned a lot about how to, how to take responsibility for my own life, for my own actions, how to take care of others when they're outside. I take care of my own kids now uh, when they're outside. And passing that tradition and passing that heritage on is probably the most important thing that I think that we can do in our outdoors. I, I can't agree more, Ed. What about you, Alex? What what thoughts did the, the opening conjure up for you? I'll be honest with you. Um, it brought up a memory that, that I'd kind of forgotten, but growing up, I got tired of my dad leaving to go duck hunting without me. And I would sneak into his, he had a, he had a yellow CJ7, and I would go sneak in the back of it because you could hear it crank up. Anybody that's been around those Jeeps know that pretty loud, pretty loud vehicle. Well, as he was coming back inside to get a coffee or whatever he's doing, I'd go sneak in the back side of that truck with the, we had a chocolate lab at the time named Shelly. And we would head, we'd head west toward the Delta, my mother's Delta girl and family from over there. So we were fortunate enough to have some opportunities to enjoy that landscape. And we'd get about baits full and I'd pop up and sometimes I'd scare the ever living daylights out of him. He wouldn't know I was back there some mornings. And little did he know he was kind of creating, or maybe we both were creating, you know, the path that I'm on now, much like Ed. Yeah, it's just, you can't describe it. It's, it's just in you. It's rooted so deep. You can't, you can't get away from it. You can't run from it. And I'll be honest with you. Um, it's, Ed stretched out from New Mexico to Virginia, and I would tell you, he's probably had the same experience as I have as in that, that Mississippians have a probably a stronger sense of place and root and are rooted in the outdoors more than most. And I would I'd, I'd put this up against anybody. It's just a natural connection that you have. I feel I feel like uh, I, I feel like it, it, when I talked about this, that it is part of our DNA. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's something that's just, it's, yeah. it's just in us and we can't change it. And, uh, we, as we're entered, as we grow up and we're introduced to that heritage and we become, we get that, we understand that it's a connection to God. It's a connection to family. It's a connection to the outdoors. You know, a lot of friends who don't hunt or fish, they don't get it that it's not about the shooting or the catching. It's about process. It's about enjoying your time in the outdoors and soaking it all up and you know the more time and i've had the opportunity to be all over the state but the more i, I take it in the more i appreciate it the more opportunities i had in my, my career to travel around the country and the world for that matter boy we're in a, an amazing spot here in mississippi to have outdoors in our blood hey when we come back we're going to continue our conversation about some really incredible um efforts underway to strengthen the outdoors in mississippi we have Ed Penny from Ducks Unlimited and Alex Littlejohn from the Nature Conservancy. And we'll be back after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. You know, when I talk about the outdoors, people who know me well, they know 
It is definitely deep in my soul and my appreciation for it, not just here in coastal Mississippi, but across the state. It goes back a lot of years, you know, hunting with my grandfather and my father and, you know, friends and, uh, you know, now with my sons and soon with my grandsons. And, you know, it's just it's special. Um, you know, I talk about the natural resources we have the, op- the opportunity to enjoy here in coastal Mississippi all the time. But, you know, when you talk to someone who has outdoors in their blood, it, it just go, it goes back to someone in their life impacted them. Someone in their life introduced them to the outdoors and then they got it in their blood and you couldn't stop them. And in, in uh, Alex's case, you know, you just, you, you hide yourself in, in the Jeep and, and uh, hope you don't get in too much trouble as a result of it. But I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, if you, if a family that hunts together and fishes together, stays together, we know that very well. Um, but so let's go, let's start with, uh, with Ed. Ed, t- tell me, you, know, you grew up in Houston, Mississippi in Chickasaw County. Tell me about how growing up there really solidified in you this love of the outdoors. That's a good question. You know, Houston, Mississippi, Chickasaw County, the Golden Triangle up in North Mississippi, they're a lot like so many other communities around the state. They're, they're small towns or rural communities. Kids grow up playing basketball or baseball. They grow up hunting and fishing together, uh, riding bikes to a local fishing pond. Uh, those are the things that we take for granted in Mississippi. Um, and that was my gr- that was my growing up. That was my history. Uh, I mentioned earlier, my father took me hunting every weekend. We'd go to Tippy Creek uh, near West Point, Mississippi, and squirrel hunt every Saturday morning. Uh, some, some Saturdays we kill a few, some, some days we kill none, some days we take a bunch and we always ended up, uh, eating what we harvested. And that, that's, uh, that's something that, that we as Mississippians also think about, you know, we make our livings from the soil, from the woods, from, from a lot of different places. And, you know, that's, that's just, I mean, my background is no different than so many, so many others. Uh, you know, there's, there's experience there, but it's taking those experiences and, and learning how to share them. It's learning how to take, uh, manage for those experiences. I'm fortunate to be in conservation as a career, but so many people have a passion for it, regardless of, of what you do for a living. We all have that sh- same passion and, you know, being able to talk about my experience here on the radio and hear about your experience. It's, it's something that we all have black, white, man, woman, child, father, whatever it is. We all, we all have that same passion. And that's, that's what I hope the rest of the conversation starts showing is, is how we can all work together to make something big happen here in the state. You, you conjures up so many ideas when you're talking, but it's like the ultimate early conservation education that we get when we're hunting with our fathers and grandfathers and, and, and again, another it builds an appreciation for what conservation stands for and how to manage, uh, you know, the wildlife that, that we hunt, et cetera, how to eat it, how to cook it right. You know, all the things, you know, I had uh, deer sausage last night myself. So Alex coming to you, you were raised in Oxford, but you went to Mississippi state. Tell me about, you know, that and, and, and you told me about, you know, sneaking in and going duck hunting with your dad, but, but the, but the education around the love of the outdoors was bigger than that. Tell me more about that. No different than that. I mean, it was just something we did. It was assumed that it was going to be a part of your life. And 
each day you woke up, it, it just was, you know, on the family uh, place that I grew up around is enough acreage to hunt and fish. And we always had these very unique dilemmas. You know, I grew up playing baseball and I have yet to harvest a wild turkey. And because you either, you had two options. You could crappie fish and play baseball, or you could turkey hunt and play baseball. Well, I didn't obviously go turkey hunting, and I had dear friends that did, and I still don't, you know, still have still have yet to check that mark off my off my list. But it's just something we did growing up. Uh, my friends did it. My dad's friends did it. Um, I, it was almost like our world revolved around it, and, and so much so that. You know, down to just a Saturday night fish fry in Oxford, Mississippi. You know, I can tell you exactly where those fish came from. We probably grabbed them out of Sardis Lake. It's just you, you, there was a connection there that you can't describe. Even as a young kid, you know, Sardis had a at one time used to have a great migration of Canada geese that came down, and a lot of that community around Sardis and Oxford were. Uh, duck hunters, goose hunters. Well, as that migration kind of changed over time, a lot of us migrated over, uh, those hunters migrated over to the Delta. And I told you, my mother's from, from Marks, Mississippi, and, and my dad had the wherewithal to say, hey, look, you know, I enjoy duck hunting. It's a good time with my kids. Um, it's good, clean fun. And he was always of the notion, if you take your kids hunting, you'll never hunt for them in the rest of the life. And that was just something we, just what we lived by. Now, my mother, she didn't get out there with us, but she was as encouraging as my father was. My aunts and my uncles were the same way. They were mostly deer hunters. And I'm too, um, I like to talk too much to be a deer hunter. I'll tell you that. (laughs) You know, I I had a later in life, I mean, to to tell you it shaped my life is, is an understatement. I went on to train dogs at Wild Rose Kennels. I went on to guide duck hunts at Beaver Dam and Tunica. I went on to get a degree, two degrees from Mississippi State. And if you want to piss everybody off and start with Mississippi, you tell them you're from Oxford. And if you want to do the vice versa, <laughs> you tell everybody you're going to start with from Oxford. Um, but to tell you, it shaped my life. I mean, every aspect of my life has been shaped by the early experiences I had in the woods with my dad, who would rope me up into a deer stand. Um, at an early age or in a or drag me to a duck blind on his back on the back end of a Honda three wheeler uh, with those big balloon tires dragging across a bean field. I, I mean, I tell you, it shaped every aspect of my life as an understatement. It just is. I, I, and as you tell your stories, it, all these thoughts and memories, I'm sure with you too, Ed, start conjuring back up for us. Ed, tell me about Ducks Unlimited and what you do at Ducks Unlimited. Uh, appreciate that that chance to talk about Ducks Unlimited. Du and I'm sure everybody's seen the big green head. Uh, our logo is pretty recognizable. But uh, to answer that question, we do more than make clothes or make hats. We're the world's largest wetland conservation organization. We've got about 750,000 members across the country. About 10,000 members here in Mississippi. And what those members all recognize is how important wetlands are to not only waterfowl, but to the 900 other species of wildlife and fish that depend on wetlands. Uh, Of course, not only do the wetlands help ducks, but they also help make clean water. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But Ducks Unlimited does projects on private and public land here in Mississippi, across the Mississippi Flyway, all the way up into Canada, across the country. 
we do these projects to benefit waterfowl hunters, but also to make uh, make things better for fish, make things better for communities, support farmers and how they make a living on the land. So those are just a few of the things we do, but we're happy to have a presence here in Mississippi. Our southern regional office uh, is in Ridgeland, right off uh, I-220. So we're a local local outfit with a lot of Mississippi roots. So uh, good to talk about that. Well, thank you. And, uh, and we're getting close to the end of the segment. So you can start, Alex, and then we'll, we'll finish on the other side. But tell me about the Nature Conservancy and your role there. Yeah, no no different than what Ed just describes as Dutch. You know, we're you know, the largest uh, conservation group. Uh, we got chapters in all 50 states, 76 countries. One unique thing about us is we're the largest private landowner in the U.S., about 5 million acres. A lot of our work is, you know, on the ground generated. Uh, a lot of our policy efforts that overlap with Ducks Unlimited is developed from experience learned on the ground. And I would tell you between the two, Ducks Unlimited and the Nature Conservancy, um, our reach is pretty pretty wide in terms of what we do every day. I know that it is. And um, so let's shift gears. I want to I want to talk about the Mississippi Outdoor Stewardship Coalition. It's, an, it's a big name, but it's really unprecedented. And it's a powerful collaboration of these really, really important organizations in the state. Let me remind people again, the Delta Council, Delta Wildlife, Ducks Unlimited, Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks, the Nature Conservancy, and Wildlife Mississippi. Ed, why is this so significant? Uh, I would say that it's most significant if we think about all those words that make up that long name. It's it's Mississippi. Uh, Alex mentioned that that they're here in Mississippi. We've got a presence here in Mississippi. All the coalition members are based here in the state of Mississippi and do work here in Mississippi. So what happens in Mississippi is important to us, whether it's political issues, it's on the ground issues that impact ag and forestry and wildlife conservation. Uh, that's, that's what I would say is the first and most important thing. So why don't we do this? When we come back, um, Alex, I'm going to get your thoughts about the coalition. And then we'll shift gears and start to talk about the, the really incredible progress you guys have made in the house. And then what might be the next steps? Uh, might, what might the next steps be? Also sort of want to really zero in on the economic aspect of this. And you heard me talk about farmers and hunters sort of coexisting. That's a reality in this state. It's a good reality. Thank goodness. Um, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about the outdoors in Mississippi. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios, this is Coast View View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Ed Penny, the Director of Public Policy for Ducks Unlimited in the Southern Region. And we also have Alex uh, Littlejohn, who's the Mississippi State Director of the Nature Conservancy. And we've had a great conversation about how, how, it, how outdoors is part of our heart and soul, is part of our DNA here in coastal Mississippi, or really across the state. And also, we've gotten some ideas about sort of their, their past in life. They went to Mississippi State and 
and they're really involved in really important efforts in their respective organizations today. And when we went to break, we were talking about this new organization, the Mississippi Outdoor Stewardship Coalition, a powerful coming together of conservation organizations really focused on working toward making very significant investments and improving the uh, recreational activities in the state of Mississippi. And we heard Ed's thoughts when, just before we went to break. And now let's go to Alex. Alex, what does this coalition mean to you? You know, if you grow up in Mississippi, you know good and dang well that Mississippi is not a state, it's a club. At the end of the day, it just is what it is. And these groups listed on the coalition, we're all working together anyway. And we, we're, we're crossing paths left and right, whether it's in the state on our own work, or if it's policy-based, if we're in D.C., it's nothing for Ed and I or Wildlife Mississippi or Delta Council or Delta Wildlife or the Foundation of Wildlife, Fishery, and Parks to, par- to cross paths in the, in, the, in the halls of the hill. Um, to be successful in the work that we do, Ed will tell you, and he would probably echo this, you've got to have good relationships and good partnerships. Uh, to be able to move the needle on conservation in this state, you're not going to be successful without that. And all this coalition does is coalesce and cement kind of what we're already doing day to day. Well, when you look at, I want to talk about the impetus for House Bill 1231, which overwhelmingly passed the House. To me, that the, the, how it passed the House and what it does is a great indication that there are a lot of legislators of all walks of life and all political persuasions who also have the same feeling about the outdoors as we do. You know, it's in their DNA too. So they, they're pretty quick to get it. But let's talk about it. And you can, I, I don't know who the best one to, to answer this question, but how did this whole notion of H, uh, House Bill 1231 come about? I'll jump in first, Alex, and then you can back clean up there. But how did this come, up, come about? Well, uh, first and foremost, there's a need for more conservation funding in the state to be spent on the ground in our communities. There's a there's a real need there. We hear about it all over the state, rural and urban communities. There's things that are breaking down, open spaces that are no longer no longer uh, as good as they once were, wetlands that need to be restored, habitat that needs to be secured, places that needs to be protected. Uh, so there's a real need for that, and and that's how this came about. There's been a lot of groups within our coalition talking about this for several years. I've been personally working on this for about seven years now, and uh, there's there's a lot of interest both in the state. So there's a need, but there's also availability of funding coming from Congress. Uh, the last Congress and the last administration did a wonderful job of of passing some serious, serious generational legislation that supports conservation. And now it's up to us in Mississippi to take advantage of that. I'm tired of being number 50 in a lot of things, but we can sure be number one in conservation and outdoor recreation. So, Alex, tell us what 1231 is. So 1231 is just the establishment of a trust fund that would collect a percentage of sales tax on sporting goods. It's not a new tax. The funds weren't generated from a new tax. It's just diverting a portion of the sales tax on sporting good items. So if Ed, Ricky, Kyle, if we're going fishing, if we're going hunting, 
a portion of that equipment or those supplies that we're buying, a portion of that would go into this fund. And then we could establish a means by which every city and county could pursue uh, fun, these funds for recreational purposes on private or public land. Maybe another, maybe a new WMA needs some revamping. Maybe um, a city needs a new walkway on a, on a city park. It can, it can run the gamut. And all House Bill 1231 does is says, okay, enough's enough. We're really going to get serious about investing in conservation in this state. We're going to compete with the other southeastern states and other states in the U.S that have the means to be able to go to a federal source and say, hey, look, we're bringing, we're bringing $2 and we want two back. We want to leverage these funds. Right now, Ed and I can't go do that. We cannot go to these federal funds that are available and are, are available in, in a very good quantity and compete with the Alabamas, the Tennessees, the South Carolinas, the Texas of the world, because basically they've already set up their their funds in those states to be able to say, yeah, we'll match you, we'll leverage your money, your federal money. Ed and I can't do that in Mississippi. We cannot compete strong enough. And then House Bill 1231 puts Mississippi in a, at a competitive advantage um, in a way that we can pursue those efforts from, from south of Memphis to Gulfport. Uh, if it's a conservation or outdoor recreational opportunity, we can now start chipping away at it at a pace and scale that matters. When you look at the amount of dollars that are involved, $8 billion in consumer spending around <clears throat> enjoying the outdoors, don't think for a minute that we're not competitive with other states. So, so having this disadvantage, yeah. it doesn't enable us to leverage those federal funds and even private right. funds for that matter. Uh, it puts us in a position where we're going to fall with each passing year, we're going to fall a little bit further behind because, the, the, you know, let's face it, we can't look to Mississippi just to make all this stuff happen through tax dollars. It has to, there has to be a way to leverage the money. Um, the bill actually provides $10 million the first year, 12 million the second year, 15 million the third year. And Ed, what would, give me some examples of how this money would be used. It's a good, great question. So how Ducks Unlimited would use these dollars and a lot of our friends in conservation, it's all about leveraging and uh, matching funds, just like with Med Medicaid and a lot of other things. Uh, we leverage Ducks Unlimited dollars, so when you go to a DU banquet, those dollars are going into on-the-ground conservation projects. We then use those dollars to secure a state funding source like Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund or state duck stamp dollars or something like that, and then we go get other federal grant dollars. And the key point here is these are grant dollars. Trust fund dollars would be, would be grant dollars. Other federal sources are grant dollars. We are more competitive when we can leverage dollars. And then we take all those funding sources together and then Ducks Unlimited delivers a wetland restoration project. We do a lot of work on public lands that benefit waterfowl hunters and creating more waterfowl hunting opportunities. So that's how we do work on public land in the state. Alex uses a similar model for, for all of their projects as well. Alex, you mentioned uh, Alabama and Georgia and neighboring states. I think we're only one, like one of two states that don't have this trust fund in place already. Uh, but the case of Georgia, they took $20 million and they leveraged it to create $100 million. Yeah. What kind of difference would that make in Mississippi? Oh, man, it's life-changing overnight. You ask Ed that. I mean, that, this is 
to hear those numbers from Georgia, it does not surprise Ed and I that that's available and that was that that they were able to do that. But it really moves the needle in a way that we can't right now. Um, you know, Ed brings up wetland restoration. Well, instead of being able to do a thousand acres in wetland restoration, you may be able to pursue five thousand or ten thousand on an annual basis. Instead of doing some work on um, one thousand acres of private lands under a, a farm bill program, maybe now we can enroll twenty five or fifty thousand acres in that program. Maybe we need a new WMA in a part of the state, or maybe that WMA needs to be revamped. Maybe it's just it's got a backlog of some just really needs to it needs some TLC. Well, instead of addressing that on one WMA at the current rate, well, maybe now we can address it on five to ten WMAs. So, I mean, you can just see it just takes us to a level we currently are not participating in. What what is interesting is we are lucky. We're very lucky in this state that we have a lot of legislators. We have leaders in the conservation uh, segment. We have you know people who just genuinely and genu- genuinely love the outdoors. We have industry leaders. I mean, I, for people who are not hunters, they may not fully be fully aware that that uh, industry leading organizations like Mossy Oaks and Primos are located in Mississippi. Um, and their, you know, their national and international television shows uh, touch a lot of people. Um, boy, their their stewardship and their, you know, I would say just right out marketing of Mississippi is incredibly important, isn't it? Absolutely. It is. And to that point, uh, I think a lot of Mississippians take what we have for granted. And I think it's important to to take advantage of this opportunity. We just had a dominant 117 to 2 vote in the Mississippi House. Uh, We need to keep moving forward. This is an unmatched opportunity to not only not take this stuff for granted anymore. And that's really what, what drives me. Uh, so let's let's keep talking about it. So, so when we come back from the break, we'll spend the final segment talking about what are the next steps. To me, it seems like a slam dunk, but I know nothing in politics is ever a slam dunk. Let's talk about what the next steps are and how we can close this important chapter of Mississippi's you know history and move forward in a way that can put us on competitive framework with the rest of the United States. We'll be back after this break. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the final segment, Coast View. We're having a wonderful and important conversation about the outdoors in Mississippi with Ed Penny, the Director of Public Policy for Ducks Unlimited, and Alex Littlejohn, who's Mississippi State Director for the Nature Conservancy. And when we went to break, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the House vote was really overwhelmingly positive. Did that surprise you guys? Alex, did it surprise you? Not really, to be honest with you. You know, this one is a, it, it just coalesces around everything we've already talked about. Yeah. Most yeah. of our, most of our um, legislators are rooted in the same experiences Ed and I described here. You described Ricky and a simple reading of the bill. It's a no brainer. Yeah, it really is. Oh, Ed, surprise you. It surprised me that it wasn't unanimous. Uh, I think that 
you know, this is mom and apple pie stuff. And Mississippi is a fiscally conservative place. Uh, the funding that we're talking about is 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 an investment. It's not un, it's not unpalatable to a lot of Mississippians in the amount of funding that we're talking about. So I was hoping for a unanimous and we tried we tried our best to do that. Kyle, you got your microphone on? I do. Okay, Kyle, ask a question during the break. Ask the question again. Who were the two that didn't vote for it? Well, you don't have to say who they were, but what was their objection? To be honest with you, I really don't know. You know, well, so in the scheme of in the scheme of things, you know what? It doesn't really matter at this stage of the game because we're now it's kind of shifting our focus over to the Senate. Right. And um, so how is the coalition, uh, the coalition working together to create sort of uh, tremendous awareness with the, the senators and the lieutenant governor? Well, I, I'll tell you, you know, to have the coalition members that we have, each of us have our respective donors and members and then board members and trustees. And in a state like that, in a state like Mississippi and with members like this, there are relationships and um, regions that we can touch on to highlight from different parts of the state why this is important. And it is. It's, I mean, the fate of this is in the Senate's hands. And you know, I would I would like to think that um, the same understanding that we saw in the House would translate over into the Senate. Yeah, by the way, before I add you chime in, um, it's important to note that 75 percent of Mississippi voters, regardless of gender, religion, political party or race, uh, favored an idea like this. Ed, what's your thoughts about next steps? I think the next steps are to not take any vote for granted. We've got a lot of work to do in the Senate. Uh, we did have a great, a great result in the House, but it's only halftime. We're about to start the third quarter. Uh, we're going to keep playing every play, every every series. We've got to make sure that that our state senators understand the need in their own district. They understand the need across the state. They understand the need to their own people uh, and have those same people that they represent. Have them tell their state senators why what we're doing is so important to them. And I, and I would yeah, chime yeah. In, I would chime in on that, Ricky, and tell you. Yeah, Matt. It's it's not only a need, it's an opportunity to have, it is an opening for opportunities to cities and counties that currently does not exist. It is a, yeah. it is a true generational landmark opportunity for this, for this state. It is, Alex, you're so right about that. And um, hopefully we can, we can uh, close the chapter on this and, and go forward. I, I think the most important thing is we have to have a trust fund. And if we try to go there by virtue of just increasing taxes, I don't think that's going to go over well. I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of different gyrations. You could put taxes on the industry. I don't think they would go along with that. You could put taxes on people. You know, I don't think in a pandemic that that even in a non-pandemic moment, would, right. would that be a good thing? But I just think that if we're going to try to find the path of least resistance that positions Mississippi to be competitive with a Georgia that took 20 million and made it 100 million, that we've got to do it this way. It seems like this, the path of least resistance. Is that the way you see it, too, Ed? That's the feedback. That's exactly the feedback that we've gotten from legislators is we've got to be talking about existing state sales tax and the state sales tax on sporting goods is extremely connected to the natural resources and conservation. 
we've got a strong history within conservation of, of a user pay, user benefit model. Uh, hunters and anglers and other sports folk have, have always supported what we care about. And we do that. We, we can do even more of that now by, by directing some of our state sales tax to those same things. Any, any other comments there, Alex? Nope. I mean, as we quoted or highlighted some polling that 75% of Mississippians favored this across all spectrums. And that same polling highlighted this as the desired path. And, um, you know, Ed, Ed hit on the right points. I mean, for hunters, by hunters, for fishermen, and, and a sporting community, by that same community. So, Well... Ed and Alex, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I can't help, you know, I've not seen that quote that I mentioned earlier from John Muir that said, nature's peace will flow into you like sunshine flows into trees. I'm sure you've you've probably seen that before since you come from that area, but it's so true. I mean, that's, that's the thing that makes this such a powerful economy for our state because so many people are enjoying it and so many people coming from other places around the world, really come here to enjoy it and uh, we're in a really unique position now to take advantage of this moment that we can be competitive and leverage the money to make the money that is dedicated by the state way more than would have otherwise been there because of federal and private money that's going to come into the fold but you guys did a great job of describing it and uh, good luck to you i look forward to watching the coalition going forward and uh and have a great day appreciate you 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 bet buddy thank you thank you Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.